Welcome back to another episode of the Liquid Lounge, October 11th, day two, final stretch here at New West Summit. We're on location, and I am fired up and very excited to have my partner and my friend, <laughs> Terrence Allen, here on the set. Tough guy to get a hold of, tough guy to pin down. He doesn't leave the city. He lives within seven by seven miles. So I had to come here, bring my entire production crew, set this up to be able to spend some time and talk with you. Well, thank you so for that. I appreciate you being here. Thank you. The city of San Francisco asked you to be the commissioner for the Cannabis Legalization Task Force. That means you know they're looking to you to help them shape how cannabis is going to be worked and regulated in San Francisco. What was that like when you got that phone call? It was a little illogical because it worked, <laughs> it worked the opposite way. I could see the cannabis legalization was going to happen. We had lost Prop 19. We were, something was going to occur in California. It had happened in Colorado. It was going to happen here. And so I went to City Hall, and I said to the Board of Supervisors, we better get out in front of this thing, or it will drag us around. San Francisco was the place not only where the crisis of AIDS happened, but it was where the opportunity for the words medical cannabis dispensary to be born. So why don't we form legislation now that implements what's going to be legalization. And I got turned down flatly by all members of the Board of Supervisors and the mayor. And they said, Terrence, you are way ahead of the game. It's too soon. I went back to my little cubby hole and I said, okay, what are we gonna do? What are we gonna do? I am not gonna let an ignorant attitude win. I went back to Scott Weiner, who was then, now Senator, then our supervisor in District 8. And I said, let's do a task force. If I promise you that that task force will not be a bunch of people just sitting around passing a doobie, but we're actually going to talk about cannabis policy, will you give me a budget? Will you give me staff support? Will you support this idea? And he looked at me and he said, well, I know it's going to happen anyhow, so I'd rather be there with you. And he said yes. And that was the start of the Cannabis Legalization Task Force. Awesome. And to be fair, they were right. You were way ahead of it. We were, right. we were way ahead and of it. Thankfully, you were, because yeah. I would probably, maybe you agree, was it a lot more difficult and a lot more strenuous and laborious <laughs> than you thought it was going to be? It was impossibly difficult, because San Francisco had the tradition of cannabis businesses. We were the place where you could buy the best cannabis in the world. We were the stop from the Emerald Triangle on the way down to the biggest consumption market, L.A., so yeah, San Francisco had a lot of pot running up and down Highway 101 right through the middle of town. And so it was a difficult conversation because those interests, as we are now learning, may not be the interests that shape the actual cannabis industry as we know it today. And that, that was already begin, beginning to be felt, and that was one of the big challenges. So now, while, simultaneously while you're working yeah. on this effort, 2016 comes around, you start, um, you start an effort, an initiative to open your own retail location, uh, representative <laughs> of a lot of things, yeah. um, in the Castro. Uh, you knew it was going to take some time, you knew mm-hmm. it was going to take some effort. I don't think you or anybody else could have foreseen how much. Yeah. But three years later, I mean, two and a half, you know, yeah, two no, actually half, about yeah. three years later now, um, what's, uh, what's the status? What's status is last night in front of our planning commission, which is a stop that all cannabis retail applicants need to go to if they don't have automatic approval in their zone district. So we had to go to the planning commission and basically ask them to authorize cannabis in the location, in the Castro, on the last 
physical location before one of the most wealthy enclaves of the Castro area begins, we had to ask that neighborhood and our surrounding merchants for permission to put in a cannabis retail store. It took a long time. It took a long time to have the conversations, craft the ne and negotiate the compromises, and get everyone to agree to come into that hearing and stand up and say, no, we support this idea. We trust that Terrence and his team will do a good job, and that's exactly what happened. So last night, unanimous approval at that planning commission for a cannabis retail store to be that's built amazing. right on the edge of Market Street, leading into the Noe Valley neighborhood. That's like an incredible accomplishment, one of which that, I mean, will send, I'm sure, really, really, really positive ripple effects throughout the industry. It's going to. It's going to. It's going yeah. to say that we belong near homes. We belong near families. We are good for neighborhoods. We are not a threat to children. We are good because guess what? Cannabis helps adults. And guess who cares for children? Adults. Yeah. So if our adult population is in better form for using cannabis, then our children will be raised in better homes, in better environments. So to me, it touches everybody, even though it never physically touches the kids. So what does this branded uh, retail location you know, look and feel and act like right here in this neighborhood? So you and I know, but nobody else does, right. that we talked about cannabis, normalized cannabis consumption. You could get your cannabis, but where in the world were you going to consume it? We know today, even in San Francisco, you have to buy your cannabis. You can consume it in a black box. It's called a consumption lounge. But if you go out onto the street, especially if you're a tourist, you have no place to consume it. I believe that we have to create normalized adult consumption areas. And where do normal adults consume alcohol? Where do normal adults consume food but in a restaurant? So why not have a cannabis-serving restaurant? Not a restaurant where you take a package in and you open it and you eat it, but a cannabis-serving restaurant where you give the chefs cannabis and you let their genius influence not only how you taste that cannabis, but how your body uses that cannabis positively. And that was the original idea. Because we can't get there yet, we have to open a store to sell the ingredients, teach people how to do it at home, while we're busy changing the laws and scurrying about in Sacramento to make this cannabis restaurant a reality. How much of a reality is it? Like, where on the roadmap does it look like it is right now? Oh, well, you know, I'm the optimist in the room. Sure. So I would tell you it's going to be a year. But in reality, it's going to be three to five years. Really? It will be sped up by times like this when we have a chance to talk about what is really important. And what's really important is being able to consume socially. People would not be dying from crappy vape pens if there was social consumption where you could explain, oh, no, this is good. No, you shouldn't risk that. We don't have that. And so because of that, people consume in isolation way too often. Yeah, so and that isolation is not a place where safety and the future of cannabis belongs. It belongs out in the open, like we're doing here in the middle of Westfield Mall. And the, right, is this awesome? Uh, I mean, this is I'm, awesome. I know you've been to a lot of conferences, a lot of events, a lot of parties. I mean, this, this is, is pretty one of the cool. most refreshing this is pretty experiences. Cool. Yeah, I yeah, agree. it is. Yeah, I feel like I'm on channel whatever news, and everybody's walking by, being normal people. Yeah. And here we are talking about the future of the world, 
And if you don't mind, can I shift to the crisis? I was going to say, well, I was going to transition and say, look, you know, before we were uh, starting the show, we were talking about something that was near and dear to you. And, you know, as far as what you think is happening right now and what needs to change about it or we're going to have problems. So why don't you go ahead and uh, vent? Why don't you just vent? vent? Okay. So we know that Prop 215 was the Compassionate Use Act. Cannabis legalization has happened on the backs of the stories and lives of people who have died, who have perished, predominantly through the AIDS crisis in San Francisco. And the gay community was not willing to go quietly and without a cure, or at least without something that would make the last of their days a little more enjoyable. We all knew one important thing about cannabis, that if you ingest cannabis, you, what happens to everybody that ingests cannabis? You get hungry. Yeah. If you are hungry, you eat food. If you are sick and you cannot eat food, you die. If you are hungry and you eat food, thanks to cannabis, you live longer. That's all you need to know about cannabis legalization, is that when you smoke or ingest cannabis, you get hungry. When you are well-fed, you live longer. That combination was the core of everything that we did in cannabis. Right now, the core of cannabis is facing an existential crisis. It's shifting. It's no longer about compassion. We don't have compassionate use in California. There is no law signed by the governor enabling you to give to me as a patient cannabis without incurring a taxable event on your shoulders. Me as a patient, I can't afford that. But you as a businessman, should you have to pay $5 to give me a $10 product so that I can live my life a little bit longer? No, that's wrong. So we need compassion, and the fact that we don't have it a year and a half into legalization tells me that the industry forces of profit are coming head to head, and so far it looks like they're winning the compassionate voice. The origins of this story are in compassion. We don't have compassionate use. We've got consumption through profitability. If that's winning, we're in the wrong game. We've got to fight back. And so right now I hear people talking in this conference about that problem. More of us that talk about it, the more of us that lead with compassion, the more of us that lead with patients' rights first, the better this industry will come out of this current crisis. My rant. No, you is feel better. Over. No, you're right. That was I good. guess I feel better. Well, now you know that we've yeah. memorialized that message, and we'll yeah. do something to project and amplify it because you're absolutely right. Perfect. When you said that's what these conferences do, exactly. We start seeding the message, yep. and then with some other tools and tech and you know tactics, we'll go and All the smart amplify people in that. The room, let's get it out. Let's there. get it out there. Yeah. So that needs to happen. Now, some other really cool things that yeah. are happening in and around the restaurant and the oh, retail yeah. and the dispensary is. And you mentioned tourists. They're coming here, yep. and while, while tourism may be down, it's far from out. It's a very big deal. It's a lot, big a lot, deal. Of, a lot, of, a lot of money in revenue in there. Yep. They come to San Francisco. How is tourism going to be affected, both positively and negatively, in your opinion, which they had a big say in your task force. They oh, were yeah. a big part of it, and I was always impressed with that. Yep. How is that going to be affected, both positively and negatively, as more dispensaries and more regulation and maybe more liberties start to happen in and around cannabis in San Francisco? The issue to remember with tourism and cannabis is alcohol. So alcohol has been the go-to drug of choice for vacationers, for conventioners, wine tasting, you name it, especially Northern California. You go on a wine tour, what are you drinking? You're drinking alcohol. 
Right. What we did when we created legalization is we put an artificial wall between alcohol use and cannabis use. And as, oh my, one of my famous antagonists said, tear down that wall. We've <laughs> yeah. got to tear down the wall between cannabis and alcohol because consumption requires normalization. And for tourists to feel not only comfortable, but for tourists to be welcomed into a safe environment where they can enjoy cannabis, there has to be the other people in the room, and maybe not everybody wants cannabis. Maybe they want a glass of wine. Yeah. Maybe they don't want anything. Maybe they want food or dinner. We've got to combine all of those things that are part of the normalized tourist experience if we're going to advance this past smoking in a dark, right. dingy room, which is where we are today. We have some nice dark, dingy rooms in San Francisco. Right. Don't get me wrong. There's some really beautiful consumption lounges, but if you put and fill up every one of those consumption lounges, you can only fit 200 people yeah. total in the entire city at any one time. We have 12,000 tourists. So basically there's 200 legal seats to sit in and consume. And consume cannabis. In San Francisco. How in the, the world city, is- The city, the see California through. And we got 27 million tourists. I kind of think there's a problem. What's the fastest way to solve that problem? Go to people that already know how to deal with an even more difficult intoxicant, with some that doesn't really have a lot of health benefits, alcohol. Go to the alcohol industry, the restaurants, and give them the ability in a limited fashion to bring cannabis into the environment. Those environments will be safe for cannabis users and for non-cannabis users. Until we break that barrier down, no hotel can allow cannabis. Why? You ask, well, it's a hotel. They don't serve alcohol. Well, they sure do. Go to your mini bar. Yeah. Every one of those hotels is a fully licensed alcohol vendor, and therefore they cannot allow cannabis, even though they want to. Right. There's no pathway. So we got to break down the wall. Whoever it was, tear down that wall, Ronald Reagan said. We have yeah. to tear that wall down. Gorbachev. Gorbachev, yes. He the told Gorbachev the, to yes. tear down the wall. Gor the guy, the indistinguishable forehead, yeah. Gorbachev. Yes. Tear down that wall. Well, we have to have our own version of Ronald Reagan. That's not me. I'm not swarthy, and I don't have a, uh, a Western accent. But we've got to have that happen. Because if we don't tear down the wall, how are we ever going to build capacity for the 27 million tourists that come to San Francisco? Even if only 10% of them want to smoke cannabis or use cannabis, that's still 2.7 million tourists. Yeah. That's Jesus. a heck of a lot of tourists that want cannabis. Divide that by the number of days in the year and you've got a whole bunch of tourists that want yeah. to use cannabis every single day. And the only place to put them where we have people that know how to manage risk and manage social behavior is in restaurants and bars. Let's start with restaurants. So let's make the first cannabis restaurant one of the oldest cannabis restaurants in the entire country, Cafe Floor, on Market Street in the Castro, where the gay men and the, and the lesbian women and everyone else is welcome, and where cannabis was explored by Dennis Perone, one of our heroes in the legalization yeah. movement, and Brownie Mary, who is putting cannabis in brownies and taking it to the AIDS ward. Let's celebrate it at that location. And let's see what happens. Yeah. Guess what? Nothing is going to happen. Right. Let's, only good shit's going to happen. Only, I love it. Let's see what happens. Let's like any concert where there's food, music, booze, and uh, cannabis, and everybody yeah. seems to have a good time. 
We had outside lands. That's right. It's with, all it's with been grass done, lands. It's been done for it's been done. centuries. It's been done for centuries. Now it's been done under a law. It's been done under a license. Let's let it happen more than one time a year. I, I couldn't agree more. And yeah. the perfect way to wrap this show is tear down the wall. Yes. Tell uh, them, Terrence. Right in that camera. Tear down the wall. Gavin Newsom, tear down the wall. I'm not going to say anything about the president. But, you know, whoever our next Democratic president is, tear down that wall. Well, there you go. Coming from Terrence Allen, I guess my partner, my friend, and certainly a huge, huge figurehead for the cannabis space. Thank you for all the work that you've done and continue to do. Thanks, Eric. It's going to be important for the future of this industry. Please don't stop. I won't. All right. Liquid Lounge, thank you very much. Until the next episode, I'm Aaron Silverman, your host. This was Terrence Allen, my guest, floor on market, and we will see you next time.